So what I thought we would do tonight in light of, you know, everything that's happened today is just sort of step back as the body of Christ and believers and sort of take a look at what's happening and see how it might be playing into a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about in spirit of the Antichrist, in what lies ahead, our doctrinal study through uh, the Word of God. Um, you know, we do not believe that you should set dates or try to take your cue from the newspapers or the headlines. You take your cue from the Word of God, right? right. And, and so that's what we want to do. Uh, yet at the same time, uh, there are times such as this. Uh, I was telling someone this is the second time in, that I can remember in my 32 years of ministry when something so significant happened that I felt like we just needed to stop and pause and not have our regular scheduled Bible study and just reflect and, and ask questions and share with one another and, and encourage one another and, of course, pray. And uh, we prayed here just a minute ago. Um, and the other, that, that other time, by the way, was 9-11. You know, I, I was scheduled to speak on that Wednesday night and um, kind of shifted gears and just it was kind of a heavy, heavy time, of course. So, and frankly, there are a lot of parallels to that time, which was life-changing, and what's happening now. Uh, so I don't really have a particular agenda, but I do have some scripture that I want to start with, and then uh, just some, some thoughts uh, based on uh, my understanding of uh, God's plan of the ages, first and foremost, and how Lucifer's plan, Satan's plan, fits into that. And then also based on, you know, 15 years of really studying um, the way the world really works, the sort of the behind-the-scenes reality that most people uh, are not aware of. And I'm, there are people out there that know a lot more about it than me. I, I tend to study it until Jesus comes because I think it's important to know your context and your culture. You have to exegete your culture uh, in order to be able to exegete and apply the Word of God correctly. And so I'm not claiming to have all the answers or anything, but I feel like I do have some knowledge and uh, background that could help provide some perspective to what we see happening. And so I thought we would kind of do that tonight. Um, I want to remind you of a couple of uh, passages. These will not be new to you, and especially not new to you, because I talk about them a lot. Um, but the first thing we need to understand is that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. First uh, John 5, 19 that uh, that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against unseen forces. There is a cosmic struggle between God and Satan that has been going on uh, since time began, between good and evil. And so uh, let me just tell you right out of the chute, if you think what's going on right now is a battle between Trump and Biden, you have missed the point entirely, which is exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to think of it in those terms. So uh, this is a spiritual battle that's going on. Um, you know, I've also mentioned this verse a lot from 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I find it interesting that one of the last things the Apostle Paul wanted to leave us with, because he wrote this right before he was martyred, uh, was to remind us that things are going to get worse and worse. 
Um, depravity is a degenerative disease. Now, contrary to what, you know, atheistic Darwinism teaches and what they've, you know, uh, mind controlled us through compulsory government schooling to think, we don't get better and better. With, we get worse and worse with time. And so if that was true in 67 AD when Paul said that things were going to get worse and worse over time, imagine how bad it is today. And those who don't know history uh, are failed to or are doomed to repeat it. And what we need to understand is that Satan has been trying to take over this world since he got kicked out of heaven. And there are many reasons he hasn't succeeded yet chief among them that it's not God's timing yet, but we know if you believe the Bible that there is going to come a limited time when Satan through his indwelling of the Antichrist is going to rule the world for seven years according to Daniel and according to Jesus in the Olivet Discourse and according to the book of Revelation. So it's heading in that direction. That's part of God's plan. But we also know that ultimately Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is going to come back at the end of that seven years, and he's going to usher in the long-awaited perfect kingdom of peace and righteousness and judgment. And when that happens, then God's plan will have come full circle. But right now, the world is the devil's playground, and he has been earnestly trying to take over the world. So God's plan and sovereignty is one reason, but from a human perspective, there are a lot of other reasons that we could point to to say, why hasn't it happened yet? Well, in the last 2,000 years anyway, the, the, the biggest reason is that the church is, has been a restraining influence on evil because of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so good people throughout the church age have intervened through actual stepping in the gap and preventing things and also through prayer and just through good influence and so forth. Uh, and so that has caused Satan to not be able to easily roll out his one-world system where everybody worships him and he's in charge. Another reason is that Satan himself, of course, is not omniscient, nor is he omnipowerful, uh, and nor can, is he omnipresent. So he's just one angelic being, a fallen angel, the prince of demons, who has a legion of demons, one-third of the angels who fell, to do his bidding. But his co-conspirators in his plan to take over the world, which include demons and human agents, none of them are all-knowing or all-powerful or you know, able to be more than one place at one time. And so they, not being God, uh, are subject to frailties and to infighting and to separate competing agendas and to pride and all of the things that fallen people have. So... It's not a monolithic plan where Satan just snaps his fingers and all of a sudden the UN does this and China does that and Russia does this. And No, there are agendas within agendas within those agendas. And, and man is inherently sinful and even the most satanic Luciferian co-conspirators with Satan today, and I'm talking about the ones who are sacrificing children and drinking blood, even they are not united in their, in their means and plans and goals and ideas. So there have been many times throughout human history when Satan has gotten close. There have been world empires who have gotten to various stages of world domination and tyrannical governments, but they've never accomplished it. But it is going to happen. And uh, we don't know when. Only God knows how his plan is going to unfold. But I can tell you from, from my research that a key... Uh, part of Satan rolling out his new world order plan is 
the destruction of the United States of America. Because the United States of America has is currently the bastion of freedom, Christian influence. Now, I know all of that has drastically been marginalized even in our lifetime, and it's getting worse and worse, which is what we're going to talk about. But uh, still, by comparison, there's no more that we're, we're really a, you know, a, a superpower. We have the, the mightiest military. We have the most freedom-loving, God-fearing Christian of any nation. And it's a big stumbling block in Satan's plan. And so they've talked about this in their own writings. You know, I can give you lots of documents. We've talked about these in the Spirit of the Antichrist series. We've I've talked about it in some of my books. Uh, but they see America not as a crown jewel to be invaded and taken over, but as an enemy that's in the way that needs to be destroyed so that they can rebuild the world out of the chaos that ensues. One of the satanic credos is order out of chaos. So people say to me all the time, why would they want to destroy America? It's got so many great resources. They want to destroy America. They don't see it the way we do. They don't think the way do that we do. They're warped and deceived in their thinking, right? So God's sovereignty, Christian influence, the ineptitude and lack of unity of the Luciferian agenda to begin with. There are a lot of reasons things haven't happened. But if you look through human history, and let's, let's for the sake of our time tonight, let's not go back beyond American history. This, this is about what's going on in America today. So let's just look at it through the last 246 years. Um, is that right? 245 years, whatever it is. I can't do the math. But um, we got some school teachers here that could do the math. But, uh, but anyway, let's just look at it through the lens of American uh, history. It is, a, it is a self-evident to anyone but the most ignorant observers that America has gotten, has, is on the decline, right? We have gotten away from our Christian values and values of, especially in the last 100 years, okay? Not that there weren't evil uh, elements in the beginnings of our country. We can have that discussion another day. But just in the last 100 years, we have seen a concerted, Luciferian-led agenda to lead us away from a moral compass, from a biblical worldview, from our Christian ethics, from even our constitutional freedoms and, and, and moorings that we had. I talked about that in Red, White, and Bad um, in that video where I, I talk about several elements of the Bill of Rights that have been completely jettisoned and, and abandoned. Right. So when we see something as significant as what happened today happen, it, it, uh, I don't think it's melodramatic or overstating the case to say this is a big deal. Now, this whole last year has been a big deal, and I've talked a lot about it, written a lot about it, um, but, uh, and a lot of people have predicted that this was, was going to happen. I've been saying for some time that all of this hype about uh, exposing the election fraud and Trump ending up remaining in office was absolutely never going to happen. Never. I, I, and I'm not perfect, and I'm certainly not omniscient, but I just know enough about history to know that wasn't the plan. Their plan was for Trump to serve four years 
so they could roll out this pre-planned control of virus scamdemic, which was predicted back in May of 2010 by the Rockefeller Foundation. I can send you the documents. Or in fact, I might mention, um, and I don't have my recording set up to be able to show websites uh, easily, but if you just go to the Not By Works website, I've set up a new page, and there's a scrolling banner that'll take you right there to it, that is a repository of all kinds of scientific medical research and data that shows unequivocally that this pandemic is a scamdemic. Okay? And that's part of the plan. They planned to roll this out. And in order to change the world, primarily America, by the way, it is a global plan, but right now their focus is to topple America. They needed this as an impetus, and this was their plan. They've been talking about it forever. I mean, again, May of 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation put out a document. This: How can we implement our plan for world dominance? Well, there's four suggestions that we have. Well, number one of the four suggestions was roll out a fake pandemic that would cause people to give up their rights, shut down all the small businesses, shut down the churches, you know, force people to you know, be controlled and social distancing and where they can go and lose their jobs and all of that stuff. Well, guess what happened 10 years later? Exactly that. Um, I mean, why did Anthony Fauci, before Trump got in office, say during Trump's uh, you know, uh, presidency, we are going to have a pandemic. He didn't say we might, we could. We're going to during the next president's term. And they rolled it out. I mean, we could, there's, there's so many smoking gun evidence, I don't, I don't even want to make this about that. But what I'm saying is this is all related. Okay. This uh, scandemic and the election, um, I was talking about dominion and election fraud 10 years ago. And if you've been following my teaching, you know that. I can have multiple DVDs or videos on our YouTube channel right now that talk, going way back, that talk about how the digital voting is rigged. I've recommended several full-length documentaries that you can buy. This has been, it, they've all been, it was rigged in 2016, and anybody who thinks it doesn't is just naive. Now, what happened this time is it was so blatant and so critical to them that they not get outsmarted or that somebody else's hackers are better than their hackers. They needed to make sure is they went way over the top, and this was the worst election fraud we've ever seen in the history of this country. And so, of course, people are upset. They don't understand that it's a much bigger battle that's going on, but they're absolutely right that this is a fight for the republic, and, and that, and that our, our republic was basically stolen from us. There's, there's all kinds of incontrovertible evidence. Don't listen to the mainstream media that tells you, oh, it's, a, it's all a conspiracy theory, you know. Um, it's a conspiracy, all right, but it's not a theory, it's a fact. And the Luciferian elite conspired to make sure that Donald Trump didn't remain in office. They needed him in office for four years to get evangelical conservative Christians to bow down and worship at the altar of a medical emergency and stop worshiping God, stop meeting together in their churches, stop celebrating the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. They needed you know, to, to get their compliance, because can you imagine how this plandemic would have gone if Hillary Clinton was up there on national TV saying, I want all of you conservative, right-wing, gun-toting Christians to stop worshiping God and stop coming to church. Think they would have gotten us to comply? I don't think so. Okay. So this was part of their plan. But now having established control 
and rolling out this very dangerous vaccine that's not even a vaccine, it's an injection. They need a you know, more blatant uh, you know, communist, socialist person to carry that banner, another puppet who's going to come in and roll out some pretty uh, heavy stuff. So uh, what happened today, I think, uh, again, uh, this is speculation. This is not, I'm not, I don't have any secret sources that other people don't have. But my best guess is that 99% of the people that were there are patriot-loving, republic-loving, conservative people who are like me and probably you, terrified of what they see happening in our country, feel like that it's unimaginable that such blatant election fraud could happen right before our eyes and everybody just says, nope, nothing to see here. And they said, I don't know what we can do. We've tried writing our congressman. We've tried taking it to the courts. We've taken it all the way to the Supreme Court. We've done everything we can. All the best we can do is just make our voice heard and make our presence known. 99% of them marched in, in Washington for legitimate, valuable reasons. They may not, all, not, may not all understand the big picture. Probably many of them are blindly allegiant to Trump, which I think is a mistake. I don't think he's a Messiah figure who's going to save the world. But certainly he's better than the other guy. But it's bigger than that. Again, it's bigger than Trump and Biden. I think a lot of people even there today understood that, that this is about our republic and about the integrity and sanctity of the democratic process and about something that many of our forefathers and through the last 240 years, people have shed blood to protect and save. And they said, we've got to take a stand and we've got to do something. But there was about 1% who were paid informants and paid on the payroll of the FBI, COINTELPRO, or similar groups. They changed the name when it got exposed and they said, oh, we can't do COINTELPRO anymore. So they continued doing it and just gave it another name. But they pay people to put on Trump garb and MAGA hats and Trump flags and come in and stoke the crowd, break the windows, shoot the guns, throw the flashbangs and all of that. And then there's a certain percentage of the people that aren't on the provocateur payroll uh, who are inclined that way anyway, and all it took was someone to kind of incite them, and then they jumped on board. And first thing you know, the barriers are gone, and, and everybody's in there. But if you notice from the coverage, most of the people were just kind of standing around watching and, and not, you know, and, and probably not too thrilled with the fact that we stormed, you know, the the mob stormed the Capitol building and broke the windows and all that. And honestly, there's a part of me and probably a part of you too that says, you know what? If that's what it takes to save the Republic, that's what it takes to save the Republic. Don't listen to the mainstream media that says, oh, these are terrorists or these are, you know, uh, rioters or these are whatever that all the different labels for. I mean, yeah, it's not right to, you know, beat people and, trespass and steal. I get that. I'm not condoning it in any way at all. But you certainly, you know, have to understand that if you thought this was a do or die moment for our republic, how people might go along with that. But what I want you to understand is that it was not an organic thing. Had it not been for the Luciferians planting and staging their agents, probably most of the protesters 
would have just pro they wouldn't have overrun the barriers and the guards. They wouldn't have done any of that. Most people of conservative Christian mindset are not inclined toward that. Okay. So they wanted this to happen. They've been talking about it since the election. They've been stirring the pot. There have been a lot of agents out there that are disguised as pro-Trump YouTubers that are out there that people listen to, and they stoking the pot, thinking this we need a revolution, we need bloodshed, and blah, blah, blah. And so they wanted this to happen. But it's like a chess game. You know, you can't, if you're going to be good at chess, and I'm not particularly good, my sons are way better than I am at it, but you can't just say, I'm going to move my bishop here because I want him to attack him. The Luciferians are saying, I'm going to move my bishop here because then he's going to do that, then I'm going to do this, then he's going to do that, then I'm going to do this, and then eventually I'm going to get here, and this is my ultimate plan. And that's what they did today. They have a plan. And that plan is for in 2021 to, you think 2020 was bad, they want to roll out unbelievable control measures. They're already talking about a new wave of the strange virus. And again, I recommend going to that page on my website, uh, notbyworks.org slash controlavirus, and it's got all sorts of uh, data and stuff on there, such as the fact that this year, according to the CDC, the flu is down 98%. <laughs> so... And no more people have died this year than they did in 2019. By this year, I mean 2020. So every death is terrible. People die, and it's tragic. But there's no more people dying in 2020 than died in 2019. And, and you know, we had 98% drop in the flu. What's that tell you? That's the smoking gun right there. And what they're doing is they're showing you pictures of them. They're talking about them. They're giving you a little counter. They're talking about every single person that dies. If they did that in 2019, we'd all be depressed and discouraged and fearful too. But fear is a great motivator, and so they're, they're going to roll out more of that, convince people they've got to take the vaccine to travel or to shop or to do anything. And, and then Biden already has an agenda in that uh, uh, portal of documents. I, I give you the Secular Democrats' uh, plan and agenda that they've already presented to President-elect Biden about how they're going to roll out all kinds of restrictions on Christianity, on prayer. It would not, and this is happening fast. It's definitely, if the Lord tarries is coming, it's definitely going to happen soon. I can't tell you if it'll happen for sure this within the next year, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit. But they are going to do what Canada has done, what Europe has done, where it's an it's a illegal, punishable by imprisonment for preachers to talk about things like homosexuality and be critical and say that it's wrong. Anything, anything in the Bible. Um, you know, they talk, talk about gender neutrality. I had a whole video on the gender surrender movement. That's a big part of it because they want to take away identity. They want to make us all a bunch of lemmings that can just march dutifully right off the cliff. They, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill people. He wants to depopulate the earth. That's been in their writings for centuries, actually. But in, in the modern era, it's been in all over the place. As a big new Brzezinski before he died in 2017, not long before he died. One of the leading Satanists that has been overseeing this agenda in, in, in the fake left-right paradigm. He's worked for Democrats. He's worked for Republicans. Um, he said, you know, early on in my life, he didn't use those exact words, but he said years ago, uh, it, was, it was easier to control a million people than it was to kill a million people. Right before, and then he said, and this was right before he died. Nowadays, it's imminently easier to kill a million people than it is to control a million people. So, 
they, they love death. They want to reduce the world's population, according to their own writings, to 500 million so they can have this playground from themselves. They need just enough serfs, just enough people to do their bidding so that this elite bloodline of Luciferians can control the earth and, and, and have it to themselves. So part of what is happening here is an... Or, and, and by the way, this is... You know, I've learned to be able to pick up on this stuff. It's amazing. You know, when I was driving up here earlier this afternoon, I had a meeting before Bible study. I was listening to CNN's coverage on my drive. Wendy was at home listening to, we don't get cable, so we just get the local channels. And she was watching, I guess it was ABC. And she would text me, they just said this. And I kid you not, either right before she had texted me or right after, CNN said the exact same thing. They're reading from a script. And I've showed you that with Operation Mockingbird, but they're totally reading from a script. And one of the things that they've said a lot throughout the last few hours is about how worried they are that something's going to happen under cover of darkness and that, you know, they're just worried once the sun goes down, boy. And they several of them quoted, allegedly, some of the pro, you know, uh, rioters they're calling them talking to each other i overheard them talking and they said that just wait you haven't seen nothing yet it's coming it's going to get real and stuff like that so it wouldn't surprise me i don't know but it wouldn't surprise me if even tonight yet something bigger happens but certainly over the next 14 days life as we know it is going to change in big ways um, i think they're going to roll out all kinds of stuff because you know you had an election, clearly fraudulent, the numbers are fraudulent, but just taking the numbers at face value, that involved 80 million on one side and 74 million on the other. So 74 million angry people, regardless of what side they're on, that's a lot of angry people. And so law of large numbers, even if only a tiny fraction are inclined toward violence or revolutionary tendencies or whatever, that's a lot of people. And again, it's harder, they think, to control them than to kill them. So what have they done historically? They've used false flag technologies and false flag uh, things. One of the things I've talked a lot about in my writings is the two uh, common wartime techniques that the military war college still teaches to this day, which is false flag and stand down. What did we see today? A stand down, right? Regardless of the motivations and reasons and where you, how you feel about how sort of this was a save the republic moment, don't lose sight of the fact that a few weeks ago when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were wreaking havoc on D.C., they had that Capitol building tightened up like Fort Knox. You couldn't have gotten through there with a tank. But today when for days they've been talking about 4 million people coming to Washington, D.C. that are very angry because the election was stolen from them, they did nothing. And so what happens? Of course, they go in, they, they desecrate the halls of Congress and the chamber of the Senate and the Congress. And, and again, you understand where I'm coming from that I, I think this is a Save the Republic moment too. But they only were allowed to do that because of a stand-down order. We have the military and police presence to keep mobs from crossing over a line if that's what we want to do. They didn't want to do it. They didn't. This was not organic. That's the takeaway. This was not organic. They planned it, and they got a lot more planned because they need this to roll out their agenda. And so, again, you don't have to believe me, and I could be wrong, but uh, I think 
understanding the big picture Luciferian agenda will help us as we decide where to go from here. So I want to open the floor for some questions and comments and thoughts because I really think as a church, as individual families, as Christians in this world, we're going to be faced with some tough choices quite possibly sooner than later. I mean, for sure, over the next four years, if the Lord tarries is coming, we, they've already stated their agenda, okay, completely. Um, you know, uh, someone said to Biden, I think this was a Babylon Bee ad today, Biden is, uh, is going to issue a nationwide mask mandate and woman date, <laughs> you know, because everything the word man in it, you got to put woman in it now, apparently. <laughs> so he's going to issue a mask mandate and a woman date, you know. So I think the attacks on Christians are coming, but I, what I really felt the urgency about tonight was that this is not over yet, okay? There, there are other things planned, and I don't know what, but I want to, I've said, I've been saying since the election, and you've, some of you have probably heard me say this, I want to just get through January. If we can get through January, regardless of whether they put Trump in or they put Biden in or how it comes out, if we can get through January, even though it's a lose-lose situation, either we have civil war, which would not be good, or we have a communist sympathizing fascist agenda that's going to be rolled out, uh, either way, it's, it's not good. But if we can get through January without some cataclysmic, you know, sort of end of the world as we know it type scenario, then at least we can take stock, regroup and reevaluate and say, okay, how do we go now? It's kind of like the, the devil you know versus the devil you don't kind of a thing. So I think we're still in that moment of if we can just get through January. And I want to hope that our discussion tonight stimulates some thinking, not fear. See, we have, we have no fear. We don't, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Okay? Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But at the same time, it is utterly naive to not look at what's happening and be prepared. The Bible commands us in Proverbs 22, 3 to be prepared. Right? Those who just stick their head in the sand are the ones who are going to probably face the, the, the worst troubles. So we need to be logical and wise and think about it. And being prepared and being thinking about it and talking about it and strategizing is not a lack of faith. It's an obedience to the command of Proverbs 22.3. Yeah? The idea of, as Christians, are we to confront what's going on? Uh, the, question, the question is, as Christians, are we uh, to confront what's going on uh, what do you mean, what are you thinking in terms well, of confront? in terms of violence. Okay. So are we to confront in the sense of uh, condemn? Is that what you mean? Uh, beyond condemn, if we see our liberties, I guess I'm contrasting our liberties as Americans and our responsibility as Christians. Yeah, so you're contrasting our you know, constitutional freedoms with our Christian obligations. Right. Okay. So um, I don't have an easy answer for that, but I do have some relevant biblical principles that I think play into this. And I've been constantly emailing and dialoguing some great dialogues with radio listeners and people with asking similar questions. And so a lot of this I've been thinking a lot about. The first thing we need to understand is that contrary to what Christian conservative Americans have taught for 200 years, Romans 13 does not teach that we are under obligation to obey the government. That's not what it teaches. 
And such a teaching is based on an American exceptional type view. Nobody in Germany thought, well, I must obey Hitler. Or I, but here's, let, me, let me back up. Here's the way most people interpret Romans 13. Quote, and you can look it up in commentaries. Unless the government is mandating that we do something immoral, we must obey them. And it's all about the actual command or the law. As long as the law is not immoral. So, for example, if the government required you know, women to get an abortion, well, we, we are okay with not obeying that. But as long as they're not mandating sin, we have a biblical moral duty to obey the government. That is not true. It's not what Romans 13 says. The regulating principles in Romans are about the nature of the authorities. Are they doing good or not? And then our conscience, if you read the whole context. Now, I get into a better, a fuller exposition of this in my video, Red, White, and Bad. But it's not, people stop at verse 1 and say, oh, the governments that be are appointed by God. So we must submit to them. No, those, those two things don't follow from one another. It's certainly true that all leaders are ordained by God. Nebuchadnezzar was ordained by God, right? Uh, pagan kings of Israel or, or un, you know, un, evil kings of Israel, ordained by God. Obama, guess what? Ordained by God, right? So that's irrelevant. That's an issue of God's sovereignty. God can use bad things to bring about his ultimate purposes. But it doesn't follow from that that because God allowed them to get in, we must bow down and do whatever they say. It's about the agenda. And when Hitler was in power, you know, if Christians had simply just followed that agenda, as long as he's not making me do something immoral, I'm going to follow his agenda. And, and, and they did, many of them. And look where it got us. Right? And so, but what happens is people look at the Bible through the lens of America and they say, oh, we're different. We're different. Apparently there's an impenetrable line around the beltway of D.C. and no depraved world leader, tyrannical Luciferians can get in there. They're all good. All the senators, all the congressmen, all the presidents, all the Supreme Court justices, they're all God-fearing moral people and we ought to do what they say. Wrong. And once you understand what we're dealing with here, you understand that, first of all, theologically we're not obligated to, to do whatever the government says. It's true they're there, but it doesn't follow that you must simply follow. I mean, are North Koreans, Christians, obligated to follow Kim Jong Un or Il, I forget which one's there now. Are Chinese obligated to follow the Chinese agenda? See, there's an agenda here, right? We're not a democracy. We're no longer a republic. It's all staged. It's a fake right-left paradigm, and they've been, you know, rigging the elections for decades, and I've got the proof for it. There have been congressional hearings. There have been whistleblowers. There have been all kinds of forensic evidence, just like everybody saw this year because our guy lost so finally people woke up to what a lot of people have been saying and printing and writing and doing videos and exposés about for decades. Now all of a sudden people realize it. Where were all these people in 2016 when there was just as much? No, no there wasn't just as much, but there was also election fraud. So, so that's the first thing we need to understand is that the question about Christian obligations and civil duty sort of imposes that or implies that there's a that they're different or that there's a contrast there our duty and the bible makes us clear again and again when the roman empire was there which god ordained god even predicted it in daniel and uh, uh, so you know god clearly said i'm not going to obey you i'm going to obey god first you know peter and john paul will later say that so 
God ordains them, but it doesn't mean you got to do what they say, right? You got to follow your conscience, not the law. So you're asking, how should we respond to what the clear attacks on our constitution and our liberty and republic? Is that what you're asking? Well, I think what he means is like you don't want to be a sheep and go okay, and you just let them walk all over you. You want to fight. Yeah. But you don't know what to do, or should you fight? Or are you supposed to think, okay, God's in control, so just sit back, he's in control. No, I definitely don't... It's nature to go do something, but you don't know what you want to... What are we supposed to do? Is that... Is she correctly uh, characterizing, you know, what should we do? I'm going to repeat this repeat this for the tape, because I can't tell how well it's picking up people in the back. But um, the question is, should we just be sheep or should we follow our natural inclination we feel like we need to do something is that essentially what you're saying at least and is that as a person or as a human we have this tendency to want to do things right make it right right whatever instead of putting our trust in the lord that there's a reason we just have to get through it yeah so there's a balance there i'm not sure so there is a balance, and they're not... position, which way it's going to... Yeah, so he said, as a human being, we have a tendency to want to take matters in our own hands and do something, but we also know we should trust the Lord. And what I'm saying is they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. How many of you brushed your teeth this morning? Oh, you wicked people of evil, of, of lack of faith. You didn't trust God to just take care of your teeth? Come on, where's your faith? All right. See my point? Of course we trust God. That goes without saying. And don't ever think that because I'm exposing Satan's plan and talking about his co-conspirators within the human realm that have been working with him for centuries to try to usher it in, that I'm somehow not trusting God. Of course we trust God. And as far as what to do, though, I think the overarching principle is Proverbs 22.3, he who sees evil coming and, and, and does not prepare for it is a fool, or who prepares for it is wise. You should prepare, right? Uh, what do you do? Boy, I mean, I'm, my head's still spinning too. I mean, this is, there's, it's happening fast. It's happening. I mean, this is an unprecedented thing, regardless of whether it was provocateur or not, and it clearly was, regardless of whether you sort of secretly want to be proud of those who were out there doing it. I mean, I have to admit, it, it, it brought a smile to my face to see, you know, the guy sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk, you know. Uh, but that's, I don't know if that's right or wrong. I mean, the, the politically correct thing to do is to say, well, we don't ever condone violence and they shouldn't have broken the law and trespassed. And I get that. And I, I don't, but all I'm saying is I'm just being real with you. It's certainly knowing how desperate things are in our republic. It, you have to, I, it gave me pause to think what, what's really, but, you know, what do we do? Um, I think we're at the, we're past the point now where, um, there's much we can do, honestly, uh, at least in the big picture about our country. Um, you know, I think we need to uh, recognize first and foremost how to protect our family, be ready to protect our churches, and be smart, think through our options ahead of time. Um, you know, again, one of the things I noticed early on, and, and then later on the mainstream media started saying it, and it didn't surprise me at all, 
But the first thought that popped into my head, knowing that this is a bigger global plan, is that there are other nations watching what's going on here. And, you know, there are nations who would love nothing more than to bring America down. And there, have been, there has been a lot of chatter over the last, since the election, of, you know, troop movements and troop uh, deployments and, uh, you know, China and Russia and Iran just in last, the last week. And, you know, I've been talking to several of you about, you know, one of the things that could potentially happen is that in the midst of the chaos that flows from this disputed election, some enemy state might take advantage of that and do a first strike. Is that going to happen? I'm not, I'm not in the prediction business. I'm just saying that's certainly plausible. It's happened throughout history. So I think we're at the point now where, you know, you want to do something, yeah, but I mean, we're not going to write our congressmen and, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, they control the media. They control the narrative. They have the power. Um, and they're hiding in the tunnels. It, it, brought them down to the tunnels. Yeah, the congressmen, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and the congressmen, but they're all bought and paid for anyway. I mean, I'm sorry, but anybody who put their faith in Mike Pence or some con conservative congressmen who are going to object, or they're, they're missing the whole point. They're, miss, they're missing the whole That's all a theater. That was all theater. It was never going to happen. And it's still not going to happen. Um, but, I, I mean, I would say because this thing was planned, they planned to rush them out of there and take them and stop this thing after the first, you know, state that was objected to. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't predict. I, I'm not in the prediction business. I can give you scenarios that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think, you know, if right now this is a tenuous time. And you need to be keeping a finger on the pulse. And unfortunately, we have a state-run media, which I've said for years, that Fox News and CNN are owned by the same company, and they are. And now finally people are waking up that Fox News isn't all that. Um, but, you, but you still need to watch it, it because it's the only option right now to get current events. I mean, you can listen to commentators on YouTube who give you their thoughts about world events, some of which are have valuable information, some of them are just misinformation agents, and some of them just don't know what they're talking about. But if you want to know what happens, you kind of, kind of have to watch the mainstream media, which is never a fun thing to do. And But when it happens, then you need to sort of filter it with, okay, it's not about that. It's never about what it's about. This was not about patriots you know, I saw some different memes that people were sending out. You know, of course, freedom-loving Christian patriots like you and me, they were saying, oh, there was a big football game in D.C. today. It was the Patriots versus the Steelers, you know, wow. uh, and uh, S-T-E-A-L-E-R-S. And go Patriots, you know, we're rooting for the Patriots. Well, first of all, when you start making football analogies and bringing in the Patriots, you've lost me because I can't stand <laughs> the Patriots. But uh, that's not what this is about. This wasn't about Trump versus Biden. This wasn't about Republican versus Democrat. This wasn't even about conservative versus liberal. This was about people that are several chess moves ahead of us planning something that could very well be on the agenda for 2021. It may not be. They may have a lot of things they need to do over the next four years. They, I know they want to, you know, uh, 
issue the CBDC, the central bank digital currency. They want to take away all token currency. They want to issue the complete tracking system. They want to make everyone take the vaccine, not necessarily at gunpoint, but because they take away all your freedoms if you don't take it, which will kill a bunch of people, already is. Go to my portal and you can see lots of documents out there documenting real-life cases of people dropping dead right and left right after they take the vaccine. Um, they have a lot of things they want to do. I'm not sure if they, what their timetable is. Of course, we're hoping for the rapture that the Lord's going to call us home, but we may have to suffer like a lot of Christians have suffered at the hands of some of this stuff. So let's go to Fred first, and then we'll go up on the front row here. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you about the battle. About the what? The battle, yeah. the spiritual battle, and the war. There's war, and we are sort of the target of demons and of the devil, but throughout it all, we have promises of God, from God. And I was just reading today, and I seem, they seem to be popping up all over when I'm reading. And I'd like to make that a focus after we study and, and see what's going on. And I guess I agree. But then end up with not a cheerful attitude, but with, with promises and something we can grab a hold of and go through the worst situation. Because what we may see probably see is, is nothing compared to what the world has been through. Christians. Sure. Yeah, Romans 8. What Israel's been through. Yeah, so, so Fred said, just to repeat, very good point, that, you know, obviously there's a battle and there's a war, and we understand these things, but we also need to remember our promises ultimately. But I guess what I'm saying is there's a time to focus on the promises, and there's a time to get off the train track when that locomotive is coming right for you. And these are desperate times. We know the promises. I've written books about the promises. It's a blessed hope. We know that ultimately, even if we're martyred and beheaded and whatever, that we're going to be with Jesus, that because he died and rose again for our sins and we've placed our faith in him, we don't have to fear. Death is no longer the enemy. Death has been destroyed. 1 Corinthians 15. But right now, we're still here. And we have families. We have children. We have grandchildren. We have things that need to be done, and life is sacred, and we ought to fight till our last dying breath before we give up the fight. And part of that is knowing the enemy. You never want to underestimate the enemy. You know, people sometimes say, oh, you give the devil too much credit. I don't give him any, or too much uh, airtime, or too much uh, exposure, or whatever. I don't, I, I don't give him any more than the Bible does. You know, why would God put so much in here about Satan and his plan to deceive the world? You know, he said in Revelation chapter 12 that, the great dragon who was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil who deceives the whole world. I mean, why would he have things in there like that if he didn't want us to know it? You know, when Peter said, your enemy, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. So I totally agree. We never want to forget the promises, but this is not the time to sit back and rest on, on those promises. This is the time to prepare. I mean, what are we going to do if within the next month they absolutely, at the national federal level under threat of military for enforcement, say you cannot gather together to worship God? That is not a far-fetched possibility. And it may not happen. It might not happen at all. But it's enough of a possibility that it bears some focus and some meditation. It would be kind of my point. Yeah. I was going to say another thing is, you know, obviously you should expose the news to as many people as possible. 
share the gospel and then and then I'll, and then try and maybe get some extra food before yeah. you can't before you can't buy it anymore I, I think basic preparations are absolutely critical. I talked about this Monday on the Stand Up For The Truth show. You know, you can survive three minutes without air, three days without water, three months without food. You better know the rule of threes because it may actually come to the fact that can I get there? So uh, basic, but you're right. We can't, I, I don't, we don't know. There's so much we don't know and we don't know what we don't know. But I think we need to at least recognize that these are uh, significant events. Let's not forget that. I mean, this is this was tough to watch, you know, because you know I, we I love our country. You love our country, and even though there's you know D.C. is a cesspool of all kinds of terrible stuff, to to those of us who have a constitutional framework and a biblical worldview, seeing those institutions of government and halls of power being desecrated and overrun, again, even though you may tend to side philosophically with the side that was doing the stuff, it's still, it's a troubling time to see such unrest in our country. Now, I'm hoping that it was just a sort of a foretaste. It was, uh, it was not the, they're not going to move from that right into full-blown civil unrest. I mean, if this was the end game, they would have had agents in big major cities ready to stir the pot, and this would have spread, and you would have seen a lot more. But it's still early. We don't know what's planned for tomorrow, right? But they do, and of course God does. So we trust God, obviously. And we're never fearful, and we don't say "woe is me," but we do. We do need to think about some practical, logistical things. Again, as I said at the beginning, individually, as Christians, and as the church, all three of those things will, you know, uh, come in, in into play. Yeah. Did you have something to add? Yeah, I was just thinking about. I mean, I was I was listening to something today that was mentioning how, like you said. Getting Trump to stay in office is not the point. And, but the problem is that the real point has not been focused on by pretty much almost anybody except for a few hidden people. And even those are being censored from major, you know, major connection points to the population. The point was masks, social distancing, and business closures that was the the shutdown the lockdown was the issue mm -hmm. and this the political thing is a side Correct. show and it's getting people's attention off the real show and so um the 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 difficult thing is that now it has momentum and so in a sense we got stuck in this position because we didn't not enough people went around without masks and I think not enough people decided, you know, we're just going to get together. It, it was, you know, later. It's just going to be a short little period of right. time. And Fifteen so days. That, that was yeah. enough for them to get their momentum going on this other narrative. And so, you know, I was trying to talk about it, like with Karen and I were trying to figure out, like, what? Because we just stopped going to certain stores sure. and certain places. Because, yeah. you know, we'll try it once. And then it's like, well, then you just don't have my business if you're if you're going to enforce 
mandates, then, then we'd, we'd like you to understand. But the truth is they're not really feeling that because for one, people just aren't shopping as much anyway. These businesses are going under anyway. But two, there's a ton of people that just keep wearing masks. And so I feel like our presence isn't felt. And it made me think, you know, maybe there's something we could do in terms of if a group of people decided, you know, Tuesday is shopping day, we're going to go to these stores and we're going to try and, hmm. if there's a large group, because what happened with us, what happened is we went to Vitamin Kaj and while we were talking to them, other people started slipping in the door, right? Yeah. And they're like, wait, wait, uh, but they were already talking to us and giving us, it's nothing violent, it's nothing aggressive, it's sure. just how many people can they deal with at the door? And if you have, you know, 60 people show up at Safeway and everybody wants to shop without masks, for one, it makes you feel a little better. Like, Kara feels like a terrorist just going to get some apples without a mask, you know? Like, she know. shouldn't have to feel that way, you know? Like, well, CNN said she is a terrorist, so. Right. But if we all decided we were going to shop on Thursday and get, or Tuesday or whatever, we pick a day and we all go together, you know, this yeah. is Plum Creek Chapel asserting their liberties. And, you know, we don't just, oh, I'm sorry, what about, now, can we, is there an alternative? Can you bring me maybe one of those shields and we talk and we stall, yeah. then other people are, you know, just going in. We just get to shop like normal human beings. Yeah, or just, you know, I mean, there's a part of me that loves that idea because, again, it's it's about the, the mob mentality, right? Right. I mean, you get enough people, you can actually overrun the Capitol building of the United States of America, right? right? So uh, not even the sort of the distraction part, but just if you get 50 people, not that we'd have 50 people, but if you get 50 people walking, what are they going to do, right? right? I mean, they can't you know, they call the police, but that creates bad publicity and whatever. Um, you know, I don't wear a mask because it's unhealthy. The science, I've got over 50 peer-reviewed scientific medical journals that show you unequivocally it's unhealthy. It will make you sick. It lowers your oxygen level and it, you're regurgitating, I mean, re, refiltering back in carbon dioxide. So I just don't go to places like you that, that have to. But if, if you have to, I just don't, if they require it, I don't wear it. And then if they say something, then I tell them I have a medical exemption, which no, don't forget in Colorado, the governor, Governor Jared Polis, clearly states that if you have a medical reason not to wear a mask, you don't have to wear it. And if you're hearing impaired, by the way, I looked it up yesterday, you don't have to wear a mask. So I'm legally not required to wear a mask. I wouldn't wear it anyway, but because it's unhealthy. But um, but I guess the other part of me though thinks it's kind of like that starfish illustration, you know. I mean, yeah, we might be helping one little thing, but in the big picture, it's not like we're going to convince millions of deceived people who've bought the narrative and are lining up to get vaccinated how dangerous this is well because even if i you know people that i really care about and love if i tell them hey let's get all of our churches to do all of us yeah i i don't think i could because i can't even get them to agree with me on what's going right. on so yeah i mean it's, it's a, a personal problem. decision i think it's a great idea um for me my approach has just been to kind of avoid it i don't yeah. i don't want to i don't like the conflict i'm just it, I'm kind of a prisoner in my own home, which I hate, but it's just depressing to go out. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you, we don't go out to eat. saves you some money. There's that. <laughs> uh, you, you know, and, and I, I either order things online or uh, send the kids. <laughs> you know, hey, go to the Walmart and get me something, you know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of that's, you know, sort of a gallows humor there, but it, it, it's, it's discouraging. But um, 
I think people need to really uh, keep a close watch on what's happening, who can predict it. But, you know, we're over here thinking, well, why did he move his bishop there? And what's he going to do with his bishop? And they're over there thinking, bishop, that's just a complete distraction. I got plans for this queen over here, buddy. You know, it's the, it's the classic magician. You know, you're watching the right hand, and he's putting the dove back here in his back pocket while you're not focused on it. So right now we're all focused on Washington, D.C., and it's, it's real. It happened. It, in my view, was provocateured and planned, but it doesn't mean there wasn't really people doing it. It wasn't a hologram, and, 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 that's, and it gets our attention. But what else is going on? What are they planning? What, what do they have in mind? You know, all of this was, was, uh, was scripted. You know, they, um, I mean, I could speculate on some reasons, but again, uh, you know, then I'm guilty of buying into the distraction because I'm, I'm focused two moves down the road, thinking I'm figuring out a strategy, but really they've got five moves ahead of me that they're planning. You know, that's the way I feel when I'm playing chess with my son someday. It's like I thought I saw what he was after, and it wasn't even close to what he was after, you know. But um, somebody else, any other questions Last or thoughts? Time the capital was invaded like it was was in the 1800s when the British burned it down 18, and burned the White House down. What was it, 76 or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah no, it's a big deal. It's definitely um, a big deal. Um, but, uh, you, you know. about the plane? The supposed... Um, plane threat there was a plane threat on the capitol oh i knew there was a bomb threat was there also a plane threat or were they that's, the same thing that's what i heard yeah there was they were they had threat that that there was intelligence that iran had threatened because it's the anniversary of when trump killed one of their guys well that was january 3rd yeah so they were thinking that maybe some point in january as sort of a retaliation that they would do but i don't know yeah there's a lot of chatter about that and um like i said there's a lot of troop movements uh more than usual i mean we're not obviously i'm not a military expert nobody else in this room is and it's all compartmentalized anyway even if you've served faithfully for 30 years doesn't mean you have inside information but what we do know is by comparison there have been way more troop movements right now you know then there, and then there's again. This is all speculation, and you don't know whether you're connecting the dots accurately or whether it's misinformation. But I, tr I am pretty good at spotting misinformation because you want to just stick with verifiable facts. How you interpret those facts, though, is where you could be wrong. And I try to admit that when I don't when I'm speculating. But you know, one thing we know is that all kinds of uh, Trump himself and all kinds of other military uh, people have been on record in interviews and stuff for the last <coughs> several weeks talking and going back even before they had the vaccine, um, which, by the way, they still don't have it. You understand that all four of the vaccines are still in phase three of the clinical trials. The only reason anybody's allowed to be getting the injection right now is because they passed an emergency order allowing them to go ahead and do it, even though it's not been fully tested. And, and by the way, one of the big questions is that in the lab, first of all, two of the four vaccines are completely new technology, RNA, messenger mRNA, messenger RNA, that's never been done before on humans, and it's we're all a bunch of guinea pigs. But the other two, which are a little more traditional, that use aborted baby fetal tissue in them, the other two, um, you know, they, 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 in their tests, they've shown 
that the lab rats are be, become sterilized. It messes with you know the ovaries. So there's a big concern now: is is this going to sterilize people? And we won't know because we're all guinea pigs until you know your 12 year old daughter who took the vaccine tries to have a baby in 10 years. So good luck with that. But um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But um, you know, oh, the the military. So all of them were talking about, including Trump, how the military was going to be deployed to help deliver and, in some cases, actually administer to people. Well, if you've been watching the mainstream news, you know that there's a big outcry right now because it's not they're not nearly on schedule. There are not nearly as many people that have been offered the chance to get it as you know had been. Well, why not? Well, again, I don't. I'm just reporting the data and my speculation. One plausible speculation is that the military distracted right now with some unknown threats that, that we're not privy to. You know, they've got bigger fish to fry right now. And, you know, you collate that with the troop movements. I mean, who knows? But um, we need to be on alert. We need to be praying. We need to be in the Word of God to be reminded of, of you know, like uh, Fred alluded to in Romans 8, that, you know, the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us someday. And uh, keep our minds, like we talked about Sunday, set on heaven and recognize that, you know, a better day is coming. But at the same time, you know, you don't go out in the rain without an umbrella because, well, a better day is coming. It might be sunny. Then, you know, no, you, you, okay, yeah, definitely a better day is coming. But right now, I need an umbrella. So I'm going to take my umbrella, you know. And that's just basic common sense, I think. Anybody else? Yes, sir. I was going to say another thing is, there are lots and lots of easy books to find at the library on how to forage your own food. And yeah, can you even get in the library, though? We can't. The, the Lumiere's well, we one is awesome. It'll let you in? Cash walks open. Lumiere's is, is only Has open been. like two or two, three two days, days a week. week. But they're, they're That's always two or three days a week. Yeah. They're, but they're really great. Yeah. They're not, they're, you know, it's just a little tiny library. Mask or no mask? Huh. No, we just go in there and... Hang out. Yeah, we get them on hold and then. Yeah, we go. We get. We've been using libraries for years, and and we just got some stuff this week from Springs Library. But I know a lot of them are. You have to have curbside pickup. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But this yeah. this place is totally lax. So yeah, it's good. Nice. Good. Yes, ma'am. Question about the mark of the beast. Yeah. Is it something that if we're here that yeah. we will know what it means, or will it be something disguised, let's say, even in the vaccine? Yeah, so like the question is about the mark of the. Later. Oh my God, what did I do? Yeah, excellent question. The question is about the mark of the beast. So we're going to get into that in my What Lies Ahead series, which I'll pick up again on Sunday morning. Um, but first of all, for the actual rollout of the mark of the beast, we won't be here. Because again, the Bible promises, and it's not ambiguous at all, that the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, will not have to face the prophetic technical wrath of God. Okay, People miss that. It's not unclear. Um, I know good people disagree. And, you know, uh, the only videos that I ever post that get, you know, and usually it's just one, uh, what do you call it, disapprove or dislike or something, or anything that has rapture in the title. All my other ones, I could talk anything at all, and, and everybody likes it. But I mentioned rapture, and inevitably people that are against the rapture find it when they're searching, and they, the first two seconds when they, oh, this guy believes in the rapture, they don't listen to anything else, and they thumbs down and move on. But if you take the time to actually look at the biblical data, 
and, and understand that it's not that complicated. Uh, we're not promised that we won't have trouble. We're not promised we'll be rescued before we have to suffer. People, of Christians have suffered for 2,000 years. And by the way, we might have to suffer. It's looking more and more like we will if the Lord doesn't come back soon. But one thing that is promised is we will not have to be here during that 70th week of Daniel, that the great day of the Lord's wrath, the great and terrible day of the Lord, the time of Jacob's trouble, the overflowing scourge, all the different names that the Bible gives to that seven-year period. We will not be here for that. But it's still a, a good question in terms of what is the mark of the beast. So when you think about what is the mark of the beast, you have to different, differentiate between the mechanism of the mark of the beast and the actual command and rollout requiring everyone on earth to take whatever that mechanism is. So in terms of the mechanism, as, as writers have pointed out through, through the years, at any given time, they've looked at the technology of the day and they've thought, oh, you know, maybe it's the UPC code could be a way that they track everybody. Or, oh, maybe it's an implantable chip. Or maybe it's the RFID chip. You know? And those are just speculated mechanisms that the Antichrist could use to roll out his worldwide decree that everyone has to do whatever that is and take whatever that is to be, uh, to be able to buy and sell. So could the vaccine be the mark of the beast? Absolutely. Not this one that they're doing right now, but the one they want to get to next, which is the uh, microchip. Uh, I talked about it in my session eight. Array. What's that? Microneedle yeah, the microneedle array. That was, by the way, inspired by MIT uh, experts on a pit viper's vangs and involves the enzyme luciferase. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying there's a connection, but it is kind of interesting to point that out. Um, but there's no question that, that if the Lord were to come back in, in the next, you know, in our time, that that's possible, that that mechanism could easily fulfill the decree of the antichrist to be able to track people that that's one mechanism but we can't say with certainty that it is the mark of the beast the mark of the beast is not being rolled out right now the mechanism could be being deployed now and if the lord tarries is coming even the micro needle array the band-aid type thing with the little micro fangs uh and the you know gel that they put in there that emits a light and then you hold your cell phone over it and it detects all kinds of biometric activity about you. Um, that might be rolled out first, but that doesn't mean the, the uh, mark of the beast was rolled out. It just means that some, it's possible that when the Antichrist takes the, the helm, signs the treaty in Daniel 9.27, he might choose to use a technology that had already been rolled out, but just make it mandatory. So it's the same exact thing, but it's, just, it's not called the mark of the beast during our day because it's not until he makes it the mark of the beast. Does that make sense? So you have to, yeah. are you talking about the mechanism or are you talking about the actual implementation of a worldwide command? Because sometimes, like even at your doctor's office, they talk about, you know, like you said, like the chip. Yeah. And how great that would be to have all your medical records on. So if you're in an accident or if you're here, here, we know, oh, gee, you know, he's allergic to penicillin. Oh, yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. And you go like, ooh, is that it? You, you know, I mean, you... You think those thoughts. Could be that that could be the mechanism and probably will be. They want to be Bill Gates is on record talking about how we got to come up with a way that you can attach people's vaccine records to the body. So they don't have to go find a card, you don't have to look it up on a computer that's actually attached to the body. So in the jungles of Africa or wherever you are, you scan a receptor device and it'll tell you, "Yep, 
this person's good. I mean, that's straight out of Revelation in terms of the mechanism. That's what it could be. Um, on our portal, on our website uh, that, talk, that has all this data, there's one document on there that's called Must See Documentaries and Articles. And in that document, when you download it, it's a three-page document. It's got nothing but links to top documentaries that I think every believer ought to watch. And the first ones right there at the top are about Bill Gates and his role in funding the depopulation eugenics movement in America. And it's not, you know, it's not a fact in dispute. I mean, it's just the evidence is plain as day. Uh, he's admitted it. He's on record. He's on record saying if we just let, if we, for every 10 old people that, that would just do their duty and die, that's what he said, we could hire more teachers to program our children and capture their minds at a younger age. That's what he said. I've got an article on that page that from Colorado, former governor of Colorado in 1984. How many of you lived here in 1984? Remember when the governor came out? Yeah, Governor Lamb. I've got that New York Times article right there. What did he say? What was the exact quote? Anybody remember? Duty to die. Yeah, yeah. The old people have a duty to die. That's right. There was a bumper sticker that back then that said, "Mickey Mouse was a Dickie Lamb." Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, define old because some of us are. Yeah, that's us. Well, they the eugenics program they want not just old. But people that have disabilities, if you've got one leg that's shorter than the other, if you're, not, if you're a person of color, if you've got any kind of, if you're what they call, um, oh, what was the word? I talked about this just recently in a presentation. Um, feeble, feeble-minded. If you're feeble-minded. And you go back and look in, in the early, in the 20s in our country, they had eugenics offices all across the land in every main street of America. And they were promoting this notion of sterilization. of sterilization and especially of the feeble-minded. And they would literally, they had these little like biceps type things. They would measure your head. And they would try to determine from the size of your head whether you were feeble-minded or not. Hey, uh, so ZPG, back, that was back in the 19th century. You hardly think of it today, people. Think, oh, there's too many people. We need to oh, yeah. zero population growth. But that was back in Germany and... Uh, oh, yeah, that's been part of the Luciferian agenda sure. before Darwin. I mean, it goes way back into the bloodlines because, again, Satan, Jesus tells us, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He was a murderer from the beginning, John 8. So death is, is in their system. It's in their DNA. They want to kill. And so it over the years, it's taken on different forms like... You know, Darwin was just a eugenics program. What was the subtitle of his book? The Preservation of the Favored Races. Origin of the Species, the Preservation of the Favored Races. We don't need these people of color and, you know, all, never mind that Adam and Eve and Jesus, too, were people of color. You know, they weren't white Anglo-Saxons, by the way. Uh, but we've got to get rid of them all, right? Uh, and, and, and then they, then they came in, on with eugenics, with uh, Darwin's cousin, um, Galton, Francis Galton, yeah, and and or Dalton, I can't remember, but anyway, uh, and then and then in America it was a huge thing. It was if you ever been arrested, or if your father had been arrested, you come from bad seed, and you are feeble-minded, and you're not pure stock, so you need to be sterilized. And then uh, you know they did kind of scared them off of that because they were they were worried they'd be compared to. Hitler, yeah. the Nazis, and so they kind of backed off of their sterilization program 
and their eugenics program, and they renamed the office. Well, at that because they were before they were eugenics. They were population control. They became yeah. the Office of Population Control (OPC), which we still have, yeah. by the way. Go look it up in the U.S. government. You know, I've got links to it. Um, but uh, in the '60s, Mazi Tun from China said he could lose 600 million and not even be affected. Sure. No, no, they don't. Uh, you know, they they don't. They not only do they not blink. They thrive on it. There's something satanic in the power of death. And uh, that's why Jesus said, or Paul said, the last enemy to defeat is death. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave at the cross, right? So, um, but yeah, they after World War II, because of all the publicity of Hitler, this is what I meant earlier about it not being monolithic. You know, they can't, there's some things that are beyond their control. Well, it became clear that when Hitler was just living out Darwin's ethic, so think about that the next time, and I'm saying this mainly for the people on the video, but the next time you have you let your seventh grader go to a government school that teaches them that Darwin's a hero, Hitler, Darwin was his hero. And so Hitler just simply lived out Darwin's teachings. Oh, really? You know, there's some people don't deserve to live, and we want to get rid of all the less desirable people and create this super class of people? Great, I'll do it. And so, but it became, it was so massive and so horrific and so widely known that as Jeff said they changed the name and now we can't call it eugenics anymore just like they changed the name of the Department of War Department of War is what we now call the Department of Defense <laughs> how's that for a 180 right I mean we still go out and imperialistically invade all these countries and slaughter their women and children and take over their oil which is what they've been planning again for decades but we're doing it for our own defense. Never mind that we are a isolated island with only two other countries contiguous to us, and they're both our allies. We can see people coming, you know, thousands of miles away. We don't need 500 military bases all over the world. That's not what that's about. It's never about what it's about. But anyway, they changed the name uh, to opera, to uh, population control. That's what, they, that's what they call it now. Um, well... Um, this was just kind of free-form uh, thoughts and, and, and sort of stream-of-consciousness stuff. You've asked some good questions, made some good comments. Um, let's not forget, uh, again, who's in charge, and um, let's uh, watch together as we see things unfold over the next days and weeks and months. Um, but be thinking about, as a church, ways in which we can be prepared uh, to do things differently that we may not be allowed to do anymore. And be thinking about you and your family and, um, you know, what, uh, what comes next. Any closing question or thought? Okay, well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together. Lord, we do uh, just really call upon you to strengthen our, our faith and encourage us and protect our country. Uh, Lord, uh, we, we ask you to come soon, Maranatha. And if not, then Lord, give us the strength to save this country and to be able to raise our children and grandchildren and at least some semblance of the freedoms that we've enjoyed. And we pray that you would, if you're not going to come back soon, that you would stand against Satan and his plan and his human agents who are attempting to uh, usher in their agenda, and you would set them back, whatever it takes to do that. If your uh, timetable, knowing that you're not willing that any should perish, is for us to be here longer, we pray that you would show us the way. Uh, and we ask, even though we don't deserve it as Americans, with all of the abortions and all of the things that we have done through the years, we still pray for your grace in allowing us to 
to not have to suffer the way so many Christians have suffered through the years. But either way, Lord, we look to you as our source of strength. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.